into the area. Janček, stab through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, now eight points clear mm. in third place in the Scottish Premiership. That's nice to say, isn't it, Mark Donaldson? It is. Everything kind of went our way. Uh, victory over St Johnston. So good to see the fans back. Motherwell losing up in Dingwall and an eight-point lead with a goal difference, which is far superior to anybody below us so i'll take that and and a good week a good midweek continues with uh with a wonderful guest on today's podcast laurie yes i'm laurie dunsire but i am not the wonderful guest of course uh, we are joined by ian mcleod formerly of save our hearts <laughs> robbie nielsen's number one fan wait I, wait is that is that it you is that it that's is, is that is that the guest one of the wonderful guests oh there's another one okay thank you for joining us again ian uh, it's a pleasure. Good to be back. How how are you feeling about Mr. Nielsen these days? Is he growing yeah, on you? Uh, uh, a bit, a bit improved. I mean, when uh, I was Robbie Nielsen, it was based on what I was seeing in front of me, and and I don't think anybody at that particular time would agree that we were playing great football in the championship. But I think the recruitments definitely helped him, helped us, and. Um, yeah, I'm like Mark. I'm I'm really pleased where we are. Third, third in the league with eight point gap. Um, I do have a slight concern that we we tend only to play in forty five minute spots, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, it's fine. It's just when Laurie said, that, is, is, "Is Robbie Nielsen growing on you?" I'm I'm kind of half expecting you to get a Robbie Nielsen tattoo if we finish third and get into Europe, or is that going too far? I'm allergic to pain, Mark, so no, no tattoos. <laughs> no, you're not. We're a hard-supporting bunch. You can't be allergic to pain. <laughs> we do have another guest joining us uh, on this week's show. We're delighted to be joined by a man who you might have recognised as D.I. John Rebus in Rebus, or Balan in the Hobbit series. And just last year, a feature film which was excellent, was released and he played Charles Phillips that was in The Dig which is available on Netflix incidentally but most importantly apart from all of that he is a very big Hearts fan it is of course Mr Ken Stott how are you doing? Fine thank you very much I'm also delighted to be in the exalted company of your two other or rather your two wonderful guests Mark Donaldson and Ian McLeod so Mark yeah, Donaldson I doesn't get to be a guest now. He doesn't. Do, he's not a guest anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Ian's your man. Ian's your man. I'd like to see Ian on uh, on 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 the board at Heart of Midlothian. Uh, but we might come to that later. Not sure, we Robbie. Like we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great fan of of, of Robbie. Yes, um, get in there. Up I'm yours, my cloud. 
Um, <laughs> no, I'm a, I, I'm a great fan. I think he's do, he is doing a great job. It's very difficult for, for, for managers. You really are. Uh, it's walking a tightrope and it's getting that wee thin piece of tightrope is getting thinner and thinner. It's just a little thin wire now. And the drop is getting greater and greater, it seems to me. Um, the way that football and uh, the business of football is run, um, and it's not a it's not a pretty sight. It's um, I think it's a very ugly business. I do remember meeting. I, I met Robbie a couple of occasions. Uh, one when he was a wee bit down in the dumps, having been beaten by a very fine European team. Uh, one of those wonderful European nights, uh, which did not go our way in Scotland. Uh, in Edinburgh, and then also when he was celebrating winning the um, uh, the championship, and uh, I was sitting up in the stand, and um, I was asked if I'd like to go down to uh, to the pitch side and and say hello to him, which I did, and I put my hand out, and he grabbed me and he hugged me. And we chatted, and I thought, I, I love this man. He's brilliant. This, this, this boy, this young man has done tremendous things here. I could hardly hear a word he was saying because, you know, you know, he speaks very softly. And the crowd was going mental because, he, he would, you know, we were, everybody was celebrating winning the championship. Um, and I think I caught the beginning and the end of our conversation. So one of these days I'll meet him again, and maybe can, maybe I can uh, remind him, and uh, we can have that conversation all over again. He comes on the podcast uh, it was three times now. We're we're trying to get we're trying to trick Ian to come on at one point when Robbie Nielsen's on as well, just to see how that goes. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're... good, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like yeah that's very. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Ken. I, I know you, um, you're you now based over in Italy, but you do like to stay tuned to what's going on uh, with Hearts yes. from afar. Is that sometimes tough in your industry, uh, being being an actor and obviously having to jet out to here, there and everywhere sometimes to try and follow your favourite team? Yes, it's all, I mean, it's never easy, but uh, in reality, when you think about it, it's, uh, you know, you can you can jump on a plane uh, if I've got if I've got two days' notice, I, I can be in Edinburgh. Um, you know, get on a plane on Wednesday. I'm in Edinburgh um, on Friday lunchtime. Unfortunately, I can't fly direct to Edinburgh from from Perugia, but probably from Rome. Um, you know, it, it, we can do these things now. The only thing that we we worry about is is um, is getting COVID along the way. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the problem that has been, uh, you know, for all of us in, in you know, in, in, in any shape, whichever shape or form it has been, it can mm-hmm. be a massive problem. It can be a tiny problem, but it, it, regardless for all of us, it's been difficult and uh, it's been awful for, for so many people. But, but uh, getting to see hearts, you know, uh, I suffer with a wee bit of asthma and, uh, you know, I couldn't afford to uh, to to, uh, to pick up COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to get to a set where the uh, the rules were so strict that um, we had three. There were three areas there, were, and there was only 
one in which most people could go into, um, cordoned off, masks worn, um, and on set there were there was a just down to the bare minimum of people involved. Yeah. So, and it was no fun. It felt dangerous and it felt difficult. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm delighted that everybody's coming back to, to Time Castle. I'm delighted that the fans are getting back. I'm just hoping that it's not too early, too mm-hmm. early for our for all our sakes. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we, we will talk about the game with the fans being back and a, a few other subjects along the way, I'm sure, over the next hour or so. Okay, so first up, um, as Ken was mentioning, the fans were indeed back at Tynecastle and across the country as the Cinch Premiership returned following the winter break. And Hearts were hosting St Johnston at Tynecastle with over 16,000 fans in attendance. In terms of the team, Robbie Nielsen made four changes from the side that emerged victorious against Ross County three weeks earlier on Boxing Day. Stephen Kingsley fit enough to get back in the starting 11. Cammy Devlin available again from suspension. And Josh Ginelli and Gary Mackay-Steven also brought in. Benny Beningami still out. Boyce not fit enough to start, but he was on the bench. Ewan Henderson had been recalled from Alawa, was also on the bench alongside new signing Nathaniel Atkinson. Mm. However, Mark, one of the decisions in terms of the team was not to do with any new signings or potential returning signings from other teams or any injury issues. It was about a certain player at centre-back who did start, Mr. John Souter, who just before the game or just a few days before had had it confirmed that he would be joining Rangers in the summer. Um, right call for him to stay in the team? Yeah, for me it is. And I'm glad we started with this because I'm really interested to get Ken and, and Ian and, and your take on, on this as well. I, I, I've i watched the game back now. I was commentating on a, a Spanish game and uh, Ryan McGowan, who um, is normally on with us, sent us both a message because uh, I said, is he being booed? And it was, it was loud boos. Now, Martin Geisler subsequently um, put uh, a tweet out. Martin's a, an excellent journalist who works for um, BBC. Said, Hearts fans' treatment of John Souter tonight is just embarrassing. With a follow-up, I mean, you pay your money, you can do what you like, but it's not very classy, really, is it? Now, I can get why Hearts fans had a go at them, but is that not what Twitter and social media and the pub is for. I can understand the initial touch being booed. I get that because you want to you want to stake a claim and say, look, we're not happy at what you've done. But I think it's very interesting. And, and as we are recording this, it's not official that Martin Boyle is on his way to the Middle East, but the likelihood is he'll be leaving Hibernian for around three million for a life-changing deal. And the reaction from the Hibs fans on the whole is, yeah, he deserves this opportunity. That's because it's a team no one's heard of. It's not Rangers. I understand that. One of our best players is leaving. And subsequently, we've been told it's to do with someone uh, that he's close to, isn't very well, so that's why he's not going down south. I don't like the continual boos that went on for a long period of time. And I might be in the minority, and it'll be interesting to get the other guys' thoughts about this. Fine, if you want to boo at the start... I don't have an issue with that to an extent. But when you keep going, you're meant to be supporters. What happens if he lost 
one bit of kind of concentration or focus, they scored the only goal of the game because of the things that came from the crowd and Hearts ended up losing that game. For me, I understand why they were unhappy. He's gone to Rangers. However, I don't have a go at those that were booing right at the start, but it's the continuation and the, the vitriol that came from the stands. That kind of gets my goat. So I agree with Martin Geisler that certain Hearts fans, not all Hearts fans, treatment of John Souter was embarrassing. That was those that just wouldn't let it go. The floor is open, gentlemen. <laughs> Ian, you were there. Um, how, how did you find the reaction and what was your reaction? Well, I, I've never booed a Hearts player in my life, and I certainly wasn't going to start with John Souter. Uh, just to pick up on Mark's point about Martin Boyle, Hibs fans are quite happy that Mark, well, not happy, but they're, they're accepting that Martin Boyle, if he does go, will go because the £3 million might be a bit of a sweetener. They assume that that will be reinvested in their team, whether it, whether it will or will it. Or, or it won't, that remains to be seen. But there's a difference because we all know that if Rangers do try to uh, get John Suter this month, it'll be a low ball offer. I think that's the difference between the two situations. But Hearts fans, or some Hearts fans, were determined to make their point to John Suter on Tuesday night. And they certainly did that. I was in early. Um, because I didn't want to get caught up in any vaccine passport queues. So I was in a, I was in the stadium maybe 20 minutes earlier than I normally am. And his name, when the team, when Scott Wilson read the team out, his name was roundly booed. Mm-hmm. His every touch was roundly booed. And it carried on until maybe 25 minutes um, towards the end of the game. Even the guys that were doing it, I think it became tedious to them. I'll say one thing, it didn't appear to affect them, but it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if he had scored, because I think he, he probably <laughs> would have been on penalties because Boyce was on the bench. Yeah. But look, he, he, he's not a first player to go along the M8 and he won't be the last. Uh, but what I would say is the guys have made their point He's heard it loud and clear. There's also um, the TripAdvisor comments on his uh, on his coffee shop in Beacon. <laughs> you, you can take that one or two ways. Personally, I don't think sarcastic comments about rats and snakes will affect the footfall of a coffee shop in Beacon. But I would rather, if he's still here, I don't want to see that at Easter Road. I want to see absolute unity from the Hearts fans at Easter Road. So I would rather not see that happening. Uh, but having said all that, we've known he's, he's not been signing for some time now. So I take it we're in the market for a suitable replacement. If that replacement comes in, I'd be quite happy if Hearts done exactly the same as John Suter's doing, and that's looking after number one. If Hearts feel or Robin Nielsen feels that the new guy coming in needs to bed in with that defence and John Souter has to step out, I'll be quite happy with that because at the end of the day, John Souter's not going to be here come the summer unless Rangers take him, uh, pay, pay the required fee in, in January. 
I mean, uh, I, I agree with Ian here. You know, the, 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 when the brewing started, let, 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 I mean, let's just say, uh, quite frankly, uh, like Ian, I have never booed a Hearts player. And, and quite frankly, I've never booed anybody uh, on a football pitch. Maybe in the theatre, but not, not certainly not in a football pitch. Um, have, that, have you been booed? That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, but uh, because I honestly don't think uh, it's helpful to either cause. It doesn't help John Souter. It doesn't help me if I'm to boo him as soon as the ball comes to him. It, it's it's quite clear that that you know we know he knows how we feel. We all know how we feel. It's better that we just shut up and let him get on with the game because it's in our interests to see that he plays to the best of his ability. Uh, if if he's if his mind is somewhere else, then we you know if we're booing him, it, we you know we could easily he could easily say, well, it's because I was being booed all night, and he'd be perfectly. You know, within his rights to say so, but if his if his if his heed's no right, as as mm. they say, because he's uh, he's away to Rangers in a minute, then we would know that we would see that, and it would be uh, it would be clear, you know. And of course, had he scored a goal, uh, I think he had two opportunities. There was one the penalty, but there was one before, wasn't there, where he had a shot that uh, that could uh, there was all dragged one, dragged one wide, yeah. Aye, uh -huh. So, you know, had that gone in, I would have loved to have seen the reaction. I was very pleased to see the reaction, to hear the reaction of the fans who decided to clap uh, mm. the, the moment the Boo Boys started. I mean, um, that, 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 there's, an, there's an element of defiance there, I, I, I get that. And uh, as I said, look, we put our faith in the manager. We've said it many times on this podcast, Ken, that we don't know what goes on during the week. That's what the coaching staff yeah. see on the training ground. They'll know if John Souter's mind's elsewhere. I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, commentating on, on Jules Koundé for Sevilla, and he had an absolute howler of a game. And that was after Chelsea speculation had gone crazy and his mind was clearly elsewhere. It's up to the manager to decide if he keeps him in or not. And, and going back to Ian's point as well, I, th I think our focus right now is on other areas of the park because I think we have a ready-made replacement um, for John Souter in Michael Smith, which would allow Nathaniel Atkinson um, first dibs on, on the right wing-back role. So I think that will all fit in nicely. And I'm with you in 100%. Easter Road's all about unity among the fans. We don't want to give them anything that they can cling to to give them a chance of, of doing well against us down there. We have another aspect to this, uh, and it sends a signal to Rangers that we're going to continue playing them. We're not leaving them out on your behalf. We're going to continue playing them yes. because he's going to play for the next six months. And also, there's a cup tie coming up on Saturday. And mm. I think that tells Rangers that if you want them and you want them to play in the Scottish Cup in later rounds, you better yeah. stump up the fee. Yeah, yep. I, I felt there was a bit of that about the decision to keep him, you know, it was, to keep him involved. And there's two sides to it. Some people came back to me and said, but surely, you know, from, from Rangers' perspective, um, him not playing might force a hand because they don't want him to sit on a bench for six months and become completely um, lacking in match sharpness by next summer. So that, a few arguments for it. I'm kind of in, on the fence. I mean, I think I wouldn't have booed myself. I think it, in many ways it's counterproductive. But at the Everybody same else time, boos you, though. 
Uh, yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can understand fans' frustration, and in some ways, I can see that as being the the, the place to do it, is within the the within the pantomime of a football match, rather than maybe you know leaving reviews on a a business that's owned by him or or giving him personal abuse. You know, within the within the footballing realm, it's at a match that you show how you feel, and maybe doing it throughout the game was a bit tedious but i think what one of the things that amused me was um jam jam t art you know who does the does the lovely illustrations and, and different products on twitter he said i don't know what's worse booing a hearts player or clapping a player who's signed a pre-contract for rangers life as a hearts fan <laughs> so i think i would have just kept quiet i think that would have been the best way no don't clap don't boo just let's get on with it um but hearts did get on with it they did get on with it against the st johnson side who had lost their last eight matches, but a lot of changes, which I know Robbie Nielsen was um, not concerned about, but said it was kind of made them a bit unpredictable. Um, there was six changes to their side and two new players started the game, Dan Cleary and Nadir Shifchi. Um, but they hadn't scored in four away matches. And I think that was evident in a, a lot of their play, but they were quite well organised in a frustrating first half. Uh, I guess two things to touch on, Mark, in that first half are probably two penalty calls which mm. I was un- very unsure of at the time but you kind of have you've watched them back now haven't you when you're still not 100% sure after five six seven viewings I think you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to, to the referee I think if there if, if one was to be given for me it would be the first one um, for the the challenge and I, I think although the defender claims to have touched the ball I think there's contact with Ginelli before that happens but it's like there's a delay in the fall of, of Ginelli um, and maybe that it, it didn't look as much of a penalty as if he'd gone straight down and it was it was pretty clear so look at all's well that ends well and, and Josh went on to get a couple of goals I've seen them given especially at Tyne Castle or when a team is playing at home. I've seen the home team given penalties like that. The Suter one, probably less so. But the first one, um, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been given. It's hard to justify that it's not been given, that it should have been given. Although if VAR was there, I think it probably would have noticed that there might have been contact with the defender first before the ball. But would VAR, if it existed in Scottish football, have deemed that a clear and obvious error by the official? I'm not sure they would have done. Ian, either penalty uh, a decent shout for you, or I guess it would be hard to tell, certainly at the game. Well, uh, the first one, um, I sit in the centre of the field, underneath where you where you are, Laurie. Mm-hmm. So the defender was between me and Josh Ginelli. But when I watched it back, uh, on sports scene, the defender takes Ginelli and doesn't touch the ball. And the reason Ginelli doesn't go down is the momentum of the defender takes Ginelli with him. So he kind of drops Ginelli up as he's sliding in, and then Ginelli falls over. So for me, he never touched the ball. Stonewall penalty, and I'm not giving Nick Walsh the benefit of any doubt because he had an absolute shocker <laughs> once again, starting with. Peter Harren winning the ball fairly and cleanly in the middle of the pitch and he gave a free kick. Yeah, and from that yeah. moment on, he had an absolute shocker of a match. He, he's a poor referee. The, the other one was Suter, uh, not 100%, but 
as Mark says, seen them given. And there was also one with Janelli in the second half where um, there was Bobby tackle Davis's flying tackle? In. Yeah, at, at the game, I thought that might have been a shout, but I, I, I watched it back and I, I think he, he got the ball. I think he got, I th- yeah, I, th- I think that one was a fairly clean tackle, got plenty of the ball. All square at the break. St. Johnson go long early on out to the right, but Hearts get it clear. And it was Barry Mackay. Slides it through to Josh Janelli. Good ball. Janelli into the box. Early chance for Hearts. Janelli looks up. What a start to the second half. 17 seconds have been played in the second period. And Josh Janelli makes it two and two against the Perth Saints. That's the way to get up and running in the second 45. Hearts of Midlothian one. St. Johnston nil. He looks to drive forward on the left. Great running by Barry Mackay. Still going. Barry Mackay. Substitute Janelli. Chance for 2-0. Barry Mackay, the architect. Wonderful play. After sloppy passing from Nadir Shivshi. But Mackay drove forward. Super feet, super running. And he just rolled into the path of Josh Janelli, who coolly slots it past Sander Clark for his second of the game. Two assists for Mackay, two goals for Janelli, two ahead for Hearts. Half time in Hearts St Johnston, it's it's nil nil. But the second half started much better. Um, mm. Don't want to spend too much time on it, but much better from Hearts, and in particular, much better from a player who I always back to score, and he's fast becoming my favourite player. He still didn't score, but he was fantastic. That's Barry Mackay. Brilliant, wasn't he? I put a Rolls-Royce logo on Twitter because that's what he was like. I mean, there's two things regarding this. One, it's all right seeing something, but two, you have to deliver it and provide it and supply it. And after we won the ball back inside 17 seconds and it went to Barry Mackay, his first thought is, okay, what weight of pass do I need? Because he's already quick enough to think, I know what pass I'm going to play. Secondly, Josh Janelli's got to be on his same wavelength. Over here in Major League Soccer, a lot of the top players from world football, maybe past their best, came over here and were frustrated because they were playing with kids or guys that were earning maybe a a 50th of what they were on, and they just weren't on the same wavelength. So I think Josh Janelli deserves credit here as well for making the run, but Barry Mackay's ball was outstanding, and Josh deserves a lot of credit for the finish. Instinct, wasn't it? It was just, it sat there perfectly for him. His touch was brilliant, and it was a great start to the second half. And and what what did that do, Ian, for, for the, the the atmosphere inside Tynecastle? What was it like at, at halftime for those of us who weren't there? Because um, Rob Borthwick was on with Joe Savage on, on Hearts TV. What was the atmosphere like at, at, at halftime when it was nil-nil before Josh went on to convert Barry's pass? Well, it, it was pretty flat, to be honest with you, because uh, we, we've seen that type of game before and our, our record against St. Johnston isn't particularly great. And I think we were a bit worried. We've known for some time now that we've been trying to sign a centre-forward since the summer and there's not one come in so far. Uh, although with Jamie Walker going to... Uh, Bradford City on loan and Nandu they're looking as if 
he's moving elsewhere. It looks like there's an incoming sooner or later. But the fact that we played without a centre-forward, then Woodward not being in the squad didn't help. And I actually thought Josh Ginelli looked a bit lost in the first half with what he was being asked to do through the centre. However, uh, Barry Mackay grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and the pass for Ginelli's first goal was outstanding. Mm. It was so close to Callum Booth, but just far enough away and straight into Ginelli's path. And the second one, the afterburners went on and then Shifty and his mate turned into the Keystone Cops and fell over each other. <laughs> but they, they, were never, they were never catching him anyway. And then the way to pass there, I mean, it was absolutely on a plate. So mm. I think Barry McKay is the one player that realised how to utilise Ginelli's pace. Yeah. Because one thing Ginelli has got in abundance is pace. And I have to say, his two finishes were excellent as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, Barry McKay, he, he, he made the difference. And, you know, hopefully we get him uh, on a contract extension sooner rather than later before his ex-employers come calling us again. But he might be on Ken Stott wages now, though. That might be a, a problem, um, afford, affording Barry McKay, huh, Ken? Whatever, whatever he's on, it's not enough. I'm talking Ken, about Ken, Ken or Barry? I was going to say, clarify that. Are you talking about me, Ian? Is that me you're yeah. talking about whatever I'm on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think rightly, you know, uh, I, I think it's absolutely right. Uh, Mark, you know, you, you, the, the first half was pretty tedious, but um, I, thought it was, I thought it was tedious and more. It was, it was um, I thought it was dangerous because you know, it wouldn't be the first time that you get uh, you get dumped by a team that's expected to lose. That comes to dig in and uh, and then uh, delivers uh, one uh, one goal and puts you into the same position that we put them eventually. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you're two two goals down at home with, with a team that you're supposed to beat. I don't think that was the case. It was certainly that that first half was so frustrating, but the the nerves were calmed by by geez within seventeen seconds, wasn't it? That's fantastic mm-hmm. uh, of the second half, and then I don't think we looked back at all, did we? There was no, there was you know because the game plan was over for for for, for St Johnston. Uh, the game plan was to make it really difficult for Hearts. And like so many, as so many other teams have done, uh, some have got away with it. Uh, and, and St. Johnson might have done. I thought, will they do it again tonight? Uh, no, they didn't. And I'm glad to say we got that. Um, we, got, we got the win. In the end, really well deserved. Beautiful goal. Beautiful, beautiful uh, delivery. Beautiful assist. Job done. And a really big win, Mark, as well, because uh, obviously Hibs had dropped points the night before in their game against Celtic and the teams kind of below us, Motherwell especially, they lost kind of surprisingly when they were against 10-man Ross County when the scores were level. They lost uh, a little bit further down the table. Dundee United lost as well. Um, Aberdeen, I know, picked up a point against Rangers, a decent point, but it'll still be drop points in comparison to our win. So still a long way to go, but eight points clear as we approach the end of January. That is a, a really strong position to be in. 
It is, and we're we're better than the rest. Have we been at our best every week? Far from it, but we're we've done enough, and that's not a bad habit to have. I think it's important on on this podcast, and and you know what I'm like, seeing both sides of the story. And we had uh, we've had a couple of guests on with allegiances to either our opponents or not hearts, and I find their take on it very interesting as well and and that's where i'm going with this is stuart lovell a friend of mine who played for for hibs and look he's not a big um hearts lover of course not but he was covering the game for sky on tuesday and he messaged me and he said left time castle thoroughly underwhelmed last night hearts are not an easy watch take the lad barry mckay out of the team and they'll struggle to break teams down yeah, well, you take Craig Gordon out of the team, you take Barry McKay out of the team and Liam Boyce, and we wouldn't be third. You can't play like that. Now, that's his viewpoint, but getting the job done, six weeks ago, was it? We, we were speaking about, can we win ugly or can, can we get results? If this is what we're like when we're not at our best and we're still eight points better than the rest, you have to be two things in football. You have to be better than your opponent or you have to use the fact that one of your strengths is your opponent's weaknesses. Motherwell had the chance to make sure the gap was still five points. They fucked up at Ross County with 10 men. That's not up to us. That's on them. Hibbs went to Celtic Park. Never looked like scoring. You could go on and on with the teams below us. I don't care if we are level on points with the team in fourth at the end of the season, as long as our goal difference is better. This season for us is about consolidating our place back in the Premiership trying to get into Europe, if we can finish third, I think, well, everybody would have accepted that at the start of the season. But we are benefiting from a lot of teams around us not being as consistent as us. That's not a bad habit to have, is it? No, that's normally us that are inconsistent. I wonder what exactly. Stuart's view, what would Stuart's view be about Hibs without Martin Boyle as he's about to find out? <laughs> oh, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Stuart. As a, a former player with Hibernian and, and Livingston, he doesn't think they're a good watch either. And he said they're fucked, basically, without Martin Boyle. I mean, Kevin Nisbet, I watched the game on, on Monday, and I mean, I hope it doesn't come back to, to, to haunt us, but he he needs a goal because his confidence right now is, is shot. Defensively, they've brought a couple of guys in. Um, that It's a work in progress for them, but... Stuart's not waxing lyrical about Hibs. I think his viewpoint is the standard of, of Scottish football, and you can include Rangers and Celtic to an extent. It's not what it used to be because the money isn't available. That's not Hearts' concern. Hearts have done well with, in theory, the fifth biggest budget, and it is right now because Aberdeen and Hibs are spending more money on footballers. Their top earners are on more than Hearts, yet we sit eight points clear in third. He can look for all the negatives. I want to accentuate the positives, and I'm more than happy at where we are after 21 games. It'd be nice to move on, and let's have a, a quick chat with our, our wonderful guest today, as Mark put it, Mr. Ken Stott. Now, most people listening, I'm sure, will have seen you in, <laughs> in one thing or the other. Uh, on the on either the TV or in the cinema, but maybe not everyone is aware that you are a Hearts fan. You know, there's been plenty of comments in the press from yourself in the past about certain things relating to the club. But uh, take us back to to your youth and and I, I suppose first starting to support uh, Hearts. I think it was uh, your dad who took you along. I think you said when you were about five, was it? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, 
No, I do remember it was, um, I, you know how, uh, I remember very well, um, he came to me, he said, I was, I was busy playing, you know, I was five years old, I was playing with my toys. And he said, uh, hey, do you want to come, do you want to come to, to, to Tyne Castle to see Hearts and Hibs? And uh, uh, I heard the first part, I thought, come to Tyne Castle, what a great idea, I thought, brilliant. We're going to see the castle. <laughs> um, so from there, I, you can imagine my surprise. You know, I got there and uh, we are, uh, you know, this huge crush of bodies, 54,000 of us uh, crammed into Time Castle Park. Um, it was a nerd day game, and I'm. Do, do, I, there's no chance of me seeing the game unless I'm sitting on my 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 dad's shoulders. And from there, I could see very well. The, the people behind me were probably a wee bit angry, but we'll let that pass. Um, there, there was, uh, you know, people because they'd be arriving with uh, a half bottle of whiskey in their pocket. <laughs> it would be a Johnny Walker's or a or a Bell's, and they'd fill a cap. They'd fill the cap with whiskey and they'd snake through you with this wee thing spilling to here, 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 Tom, take this, take this, take this. Happy New Year to you. And um, this, this fantastic heaving mass of people. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And there they were out there. I got glimpses of maroon and white and green and white. And as we... As we left, there was and there was this big, there was this big board that had A D, you know, one nil, A C F, um, three nil, and you, you couldn't. Um, it looked it looked extraordinary to me, but it was in fact this was the um, this was the halftime scores, which you'd only know if you bought a program. <laughs> so you know it was a different life i i saw football at the end of a of at the end of an era and my god it was exciting jesus it was exciting my heart was thumping i'm not really sure what it was i was seeing and when we came home he said he were on the way home he said so uh, you know who what team did you like and um I just happened to think. I thought that I thought that the people in maroon and white were nice because I liked the color. It could have been green and white, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was maroon and white. It, it's funny you say that because I've I've read you talking about watching both teams, and it's it's one of the things that I quite like telling people who aren't familiar with maybe Scottish football or the history of maybe Hearts and Hibs. And a good friend of mine's an Everton fan, and he says that it was the same in Liverpool with. Everton and Liverpool fans and this is where um, fans wouldn't tend to travel to away games back in the day maybe 60 70 years ago they would they would go to see the other teams so Hearts fans would go to see Hibs at Easter Road when Hearts went away and vice versa and my grandfather was a Hibs fan my grandfather was a Hibs fan and just took my dad to see both and for whatever reason despite the fact it was the era of the famous five my dad said he just just preferred Tynecastle. So when he got older, that's the, the way he went. But there's so many families, isn't there, in Edinburgh, where it's not a case of, you know, because there's no religion or politics as the underlying reason for supporting the teams, there's a mix, isn't there? You get families where one generation's hearts, the next generation's hips. Yes, yes. And I, I think that's very healthy. 
it's it's a healthy prospect if we can if we can hold on to that. I I would go and see I would I'd go and see the Hibs uh, when Hearts were away uh, simply because I loved football and I supported Edinburgh clubs, Edinburgh football. I wanted Edinburgh the Edinburgh teams to win because it was um, in those days we um, our allegiance was to our territory rather than something that you fancy, you know, you got caught up in some football match that you saw on the TV. And uh, there is one fantastic player called uh, Lionel Messi, or there is one fantastic player, uh, you, you know, playing for, a, you know, for Real. Um, and suddenly you become a Barcelona supporter because you just like the look of, you like watching Lionel. That's not, that was not the way we supported Football. We supported football because we were proud of where we came from and who we were. But it didn't. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be bigotry. And uh, certainly not with hearts and heads. For goodness' sakes, um, you know, Hibernian got thrown out of the league uh, at the uh, beginning of uh, the twentieth century, and. Um, Hearts uh, half informed the governing body that if we do, if, if if you throw them out, you'll have to throw us out. Well, and uh, that that decision was rescinded. Speaking as an, an actor, where you portray people that are not yourself, it's it's someone else. Um, in Rebus, John Rebus was a big Hibs fan. And in crime, DCS Bob Toll's colleague, Dougray Scott's character, was was a big Hearts fan as well. So how difficult was it playing someone who supported a team you have no time for whatsoever? <laughs> well, you see, we joke about this, you know. We'd say, you know, <laughs> we'd joke about it being the most difficult job that we'd ever done because, you know, how can you? <laughs> but the fact, the fact is, we'd, we'd, we'd laugh together about these things. He'd come to me and give me some statistics uh, one day and I'd turn up the next day and deliver something else. And we had this, you know, we had a running, a running, um, uh, a commentary about about this and and uh, you know it was fun it is fun it mm. is fun i've i've you know i i've i've been i've walked down because it's my city for goodness sakes i've i've walked down easter road uh walked into a pub um and 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 spoken to hibernian supporters who knew, who knew that i was a arts man but there's no ill feeling because after all, why are why why else am I there? It's not. This is not the world of uh, of uh, thugs, gangs, all kinds of shit like that. Or, orcs. This is this is, this is uh, or orcs for that matter, indeed. Uh, because you know, there, there, times have changed. Times have changed. There, there was an aberration before. There was pre seventies and post seventies. Uh, and I think the 70s got an awful lot to answer for because these were terrible times in terms of football in Scotland. So I was going to say, Ken, speaking of, of the kind of 70s or, or days of yore, um, if I was to give you a do-over in the hope that the band that you played in called Keyhole with certain other members who went on 
to help start the Bay City Basic. Roars in 1966. Uh -huh. Would you would you take that do-over? Would you keep the career you've had as a successful actor? Or would you hope that you could swap both in the chance that maybe, just maybe, you got the opportunity to play for Hearts instead of watching Hearts? Are you happy with your lot, or would you roll the dice now? If I, if I could get if I could do the whole thing my way, I would have now. In 1966, I don't recognise. Yes, the Bay City Rollers uh, were a band that uh, was formed way back in 1966. Uh, but uh, well, be that as it may, if 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 I could do it all my way, I would have um, left the band. Yes, left the band because I wanted to go to drama college, and I did. Um, I felt I had a few regrets because when I looked at the television and the rollers were plastered all over it, and the band that I that I was in that had been kind of shall we say, filleted in order to uh, make up the numbers uh, in the Bay City Rollers. Um, there was a time when I was sitting in a bed set at drama school with no money, thinking, ooh, I, 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 might have, I might have been able to do that. But I went to drama school and I, I, and I came out unemployed, as most actors do, unemployed for maybe you know, the best part of a year. First thing I did when I when I left college was to join a band, and uh, this was a band called Still Life, uh, which I thought was rather apt, given the way I felt. Uh, I was I was for the first time in my life I was working with uh, musicians who were first rate, and it was a joy to go to the rehearsals with them, to practice and to build up. Uh, to build up uh, a number of songs um, that we wanted to play. And I had the time of my life with them. And then the, my agent, who I had uh, man I'd managed to snag an agent, uh, phoned me and said, there's a job in Belfast. And this is, 19 this is 1973, 74, the, the most dangerous time. Uh, in Belfast, in Northern Ireland. Um, and I said, um, I said, yeah, of course, of course, I'll take it. So I had to go in because that's what I was doing. I went to college to do this. And I had to go in and tell them, the boys, that I was, uh, was going to leave the band to go and do what I had promised myself I would do. Mm. Had I had the time again, I would have done all of it. I'd have, uh, I just, and, and Tam Payton said to me, he said, ah, you're making a terrible mistake, Ken. Kenny, you're making, I used to call me Kenny, uh, Kenny, you're making a terrible mistake. Uh, I said, well, Tom, I'll just, I'll just do it, uh, I'll just do it the way I want. And, <laughs> and, and we're, we're, we're very, we're very glad that, that you did, because it's been a, and it will continue to be, I'm not killing you off, like one of your characters, um, a wonderful <laughs> acting career. One of my favourite photos of, of you, Ken, was in costume, in The Hobbit, holding up a Foundation of Hearts leaflet while you were filming. Yeah. Tell me how yes. that all came about. What if, what if any, Ian had to, to play in that? And how difficult was it back then if you were able to, to watch um, games on, on the Hearts website, whether it was me commentating or, or Laurie, oh. um, given the, the time difference um, of, of New Zealand to Scotland? Oh. 
Oh God, let me tell you this. I'll tell you that the, the, the most the most important thing is the cup final. It was it was the Hibs game, and the final was the final of Scottish Cup. Hearts v Hibs five one. My driver, uh, who is a brilliant man, very intelligent man, a man who and 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 he was a he was a DJ. He introduced he introduced reggae to New Zealand. That's something else. A highly intelligent man, but also because he was a DJ, he knows about electrics. He knows about all these. He knows about all this. He knows about computers. He knows about how about communication. Uh, I said, look, it's the game. It's three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and it is therefore two a.m. here in New Zealand. What are we going to do? I've I've, I've asked. I've I've been round the, uh, the the pubs in Wellington, saying, uh, "Will you be showing the game? What game? Will you be showing the Scottish Cup final? What is that? <laughs> is that a Scot? No, no. Listen. Okay, okay. I put the phone down. Right." Next, next on the list. <laughs> nobody, and I worked out that nobody was show in New Zealand was showing the game. Nobody. I asked, managed to ascertain that I would not be working on that Saturday, and I would therefore have Sunday off, obviously, because nobody worked on a Sunday. But I'd have to get back to New Zealand in case I was needed uh, at seven a.m. on set on Monday morning. In costume, which took two hours, and makeup, two hours, two and a half hours to do. Uh, so I phoned a pub in Sydney <laughs> that promised me that they would be showing the game, and I said, "I'm going to have to ask you this three times again, because if you say yes and don't mean it, I will be getting on my party. Will be getting on a plane." <laughs> <laughs> To get to Sydney to watch the game, and if you don't show the game, you'll be putting us out in a way which is unimaginable. Uh, they said, "Well, I, yeah, probably, yeah." Now we think, "Yeah, now we will." That's not good enough. Is it a yes or is it a no? My driver finally managed to organise uh, a link to get the game on the TV. Now at home. Now there were there were there were a few of us Scots uh, working on the Hobbit at the time, and I, I invited them to, to to watch the game because you know they like Scottish football. Billy Connolly, for example, he's a Celtic man, but but he you know he was happy to watch to come and watch the game, and uh, we were going to have Nina was going to make uh, uh, um, something you know half time. Uh, what was it you made? Was it cheese? It was macaroni and cheese. <laughs> macaroni and cheese and loads of wine and beer. And I had to go around uh, and, and he, 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 he organised this. I had to go down to all the flats and the apartments around the place to say, look, uh, excuse me, I hope you don't mind. Uh, tomorrow is the Scottish Cup final. And they said, gee, that's great, that's great. Yes, yes, it is, but it's at 2 a.m. Now, <laughs> if, I have to warn you, if hearts win, there will be a lot of cheering. <laughs> and if hearts lose, you may see a television set <laughs> coming past your window on its way to the ground. And they said, hey, Christ, don't worry, mate, don't worry, it's all right. Now what it's like. 
have a good time. <laughs> and so um, there, there it was. What a wonderful evening. Now, John Pell, my driver, he had already, he, he had found, he had found at uh, the studios in Wellington where we were working, he found the brass, you know, the brass uh, thingy with the, with the, with the rope to, to rope off part of the house in order to uh, there was no there, there was no crowd but we were the vips <laughs> so you Ted. you watched you watched the game with billy Connolly and, and and who else oh now there were oh, there were there was half a dozen of us now um me uh, nina there was uh, uh oh for goodness sake there's one there was a chap in the crew um, and uh, there, oh, there, there were four of us. Christopher with, Lee, with Martin tenuous... Freeman, <laughs> Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ma no, Martin wasn't there. Martin wasn't there. James Nesbitt? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, Jimmy Nettle. No, no, he's, uh, he's, an, he's an Irishman. He'll, oh, he's probably a Rangers supporter, I would expect. Ken, I've got a, I've got a picture uh, in my head of of Bilbo Baggins um, answering his door to a, a procession of people and un, not understanding why everyone's coming round to his house to watch Hearts against Hibs in the Scottish Cup final. Uh, yeah, a, bit an, yeah. a bit of an unexpected journey. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed, very yeah, absolutely. When I left that show, um, I I I, um, I was finished. My work was done. I think about four days before the actual end of filming and um they uh presented me with a with a, a t-shirt uh which had which had all everything that they thought i was uh, i'm glad to see all the nice things that they thought i was including you know a picture of a you know it was a scottish flag and there was uh, various uh, various uh, scottish Connections all plastered on this rather artistically lovely, beautiful T-shirt. So um, I, I, I had to say, look, I, I really, I want to say thank yous. You know, the whole cast were there, and the crew were there to, to, um, to send, you know, for a send off. Um, so I, I um, thanked them for um, what I could only describe as an, an unexpected jersey. <laughs> did any of your co-stars and it's a who's who in that movie um did, did any of them kind of scratch their heads or, or wonder why you were maybe still pished when filming resumed on the monday morning or did you have some explaining to do to the likes of kate blanchett and various other hollywood a-listers <laughs> no they they were all too pressed from the party the night before. <laughs> <laughs> were you ever? Were you ever tempted, Ken? And we've our one of our, our usual hosts is Mr. Ryan McGowan, who of course scored on on that day, and he would he would get annoyed yeah. if I didn't manage to throw that in there. And um, oh, absolutely, lots lots of lots of pictures of him at the World Cup, but he claims it wasn't really meant when he does a five one at the World Cup <laughs> when he's representing Australia. <laughs> you know, you're on the set of one of the biggest franchise movies of, of recent times or of all time I don't have any figures in front of me I'm just making that bit up but it's, it'll be up there um, were you ever tempted to try and sneak a little Hearts reference in there maybe a wee 5-1 as Smaug tries to attack the dwarves <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> no 
No, no. And look, I tell you, uh, the reason I do not, I, I, I have been, I've been persuaded to do it on, on, on occasion. And I, I, I felt uncomfortable with it because really I do. Because, you know, after all, you know, what I said before about, you know, following Edinburgh football and, you know, I would cheer on the Hibs uh, against, I cheer, and I still do cheer on Hibs against everybody. Everybody except Hearts. You'll 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 get as much booze so as you never. I, from I, a few I, people I, for I, that I, one. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I no. I don't. I just don't like to do the five-one business because I don't see the point in it. Quite frankly, I honestly, honestly, do not see the point because it's whilst it's fun, it's good to have fun as long as everybody knows that it's fun. Some people will take offence, and I don't wish to offend. I'm, I'm sure Ian must have been one of the ones trying to convince you to do something like that. No? <laughs> I'm sitting in a five-one right now, and, and this is where we, this is where me and Ken part company. <laughs> Ian, can, can I can I ask you, given all your history and when you were on the first time with us, when you kindly joined us, you spoke about your part that you played in in the Heart Supporters rescuing the football club. How did the friendship with Ken come around, and how big a part did your relationship with Ken have to play in him helping, whether it's showing a poster on the set of The Hobbit or just his involvement um, with this figurehead, this famous uh, actor being part of the, the Foundation of Hearts? Well, it was massive, to be fair, because um, I think back in 2004, um, Save Our Hearts campaign basically went head-to-head in the newspapers with Chris Robinson. And we were winning the PR battle mainly because uh, Robinson had a tendency to shoot himself in the foot. <laughs> and he, he then released that document, Ten Castle, Not Fit for Purpose, yep. which allowed us to take his claims about the stadium not being UEFA compliant, the ethanol tanks means we can't develop, we were able to take these claims and shoot them uh, down in the press. So we were winning the battle. Um, but I was conscious of the fact that everything we wanted to say was via Gary Mackay. Now, Gary's, you, you'll know, Mark, you, you, you wrote the book. Um, mm-hmm. But Gary, Gary's a good lad. But even Gary was getting fed up putting our messages across in the press and we needed other people to get on board with us and maybe put a different slant on things and um, I wrote to various famous Hearts fans and very few responded but Ken did uh, I, I put my I put my home phone number at the bottom of the letters that I wrote. Uh, and next minute, my phone was ringing, and of course, Ken's got an unmistakable voice. But halfway through the conversation, I'm still thinking it's one of my mates winding me up, <laughs> or, or is it him? Uh, and, the, and the other guy that responded quite quickly, or, or rather, his um, his parliamentary researcher responded quite quickly it was George Fouts he happened to be in Mexico at the time so we got Ken and George together and um, 
know, we talked about how they could help us and get the message across, and, and that's exactly what they did. And Ken, uh, obviously, uh, Jobs became chairman. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. The day after myself, Gary McKay, and John Bothwick went to see George and laid the campaign plans in front of him, he became chairman in a football club. But fair play to George, he still worked with us. And the four of us, myself, Ken, Gary, uh, regularly, although not so regularly now because we all live in different parts of the, of the world, but um, regularly went for dinner. So, yeah, Ken helped us massively. And, of course, when the, when the foundation came along, trying to get people to pledge, Ken was one of the first guys to pledge. And I, I asked him if he'd kindly send a photograph. So he, he sent me one uh, out of costume and one in costume from the set of The Hobbit in um, New Zealand. And that... The, 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 the Balin photograph has appeared in all kinds of publications. <laughs> uh, so that, that made a huge difference to, to the number of pledges we got. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have done it without them. It's very kind of you to say, Ian. I'm sure, um, I don't know whether I had that much influence on it, but it's very kind of you to say. I do remember that, uh, you know, all I thought was... Uh, I could see that tarts were in trouble, and from from all the literature that I had read, uh, you were uh, you and Gary were fronting up the case for Heart of Midlothian, and Heart and, and most importantly, Heart of Midlothian uh, that meant everything to Heart supporters. And and that's that that is the that's the direction to go. And so I I was on board uh, as soon as you'd finished speaking, as it were. Yeah, I've got a quote from you um, back in July 2013, uh, Ken. This was in a, an article in a Scotsman, and it was about the the foundation and the potential for what you know they them taking over in the future. And you said that that would be a joy to have the club in the hands of the people who care about it most. And that's why I've made a pledge of financial support to the foundation. There are people who have done a lot of work for the foundation who have serious business expertise. At the same time, anyone can be voted onto its board as a director because it's run on the principle of it's run on the principle of one member one vote uh, how how proud did you feel of, of how far the club have come uh, uh, obviously we're nine years later now but about eight and a half years after that when we had the announcement earlier this season when obviously the foundation had assumed control of the club oh it's, you know that's huge you know as, as we say in football terms that's massive it is massive <laughs> because um you, you know, I, I absolutely. What's happened is uh, everything that you have just uh, said there is pretty much what what, what we've done. It's what we've done. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and it's not often you can say that. It's great because that has been that has been realised from start to finish, or rather from start until the next phase, which will be. Uh, us, uh, you know, getting bigger, better, bigger and bigger all the time. Mm. Well, let's okay. let's move on to a <laughs> let's move on to a subject that I know um, Ken has been 
keen to to touch upon, and it it's maybe apt on the the day of recording as Sky Sports have released their latest um, live fixtures in Scottish football and. Um, into April, uh, the weekend of the 9th and 10th of April, we have an Edinburgh derby at Tynecastle, a big clash, you know, the capital clash, City derby, two big rivals going head to head, probably still battling for, for European places. Elsewhere, over in Dundee, we've got Dundee United playing Dundee, another City derby, a derby that we didn't have in recent seasons with the clubs not being in the same league until last campaign. Um, so this campaign, sorry, with Dundee coming back up. So two mouthwatering clashes for Scottish football and Sky Sports are showing St Mirren against Rangers, um, which, uh, Ken, it probably sums up um, some of the things that I think maybe frustrate a lot of us, including yourself, about Scottish football, that the focus is, is always on two teams. Yes, uh, yes, it is. Um, there used to be always the case, I remember... Uh, any conversations which I would have with uh, Rangers or Celtic supporters would be, uh, would be they'd say, well, you know, you're, you're lucky because, you know, uh, us doing well, when Rangers and Celtic are doing well, Scottish football does well. This was the, this was the uh, uh, trope that was dished out to everybody else in, 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 in Scottish football. And it, it's uh, something which I found really stuck in my craw because uh, what we really want is, is for Scottish football uh, and what we really want in any, in any uh, uh, competition in any country is um, a league that that uh, that you can that you, where you don't know who's going to win. Now we have it in Scotland, but we just don't know which which of one or the other will win. We have to change this. This has got to stop. We uh, and and what what uh, those those who support those teams. Uh, don't understand, uh, often don't understand, say they don't understand, but probably do. Uh, it, it has to be, it, it has to, it has to come to an end. We have to build Scottish football. We have to, to, and, and there's no way, there's no way we can, we, we can't do it just by uh, simply um, uh, allowing things to, to, to go its own way and uh, for, uh, you know the occasional um, league win by an, it's, when was the last time a, um, a team outside the the, the, the old firm won the league? Eighty three. We're, we're looking at nineteen eighty six, wasn't it? Eighty three. Eighty three. Eighty six. Almost. Eighty six yeah. was the one <laughs> yeah. that we remember. But now I think I, I think and, it was eighty three, wasn't it? Eighty three, and I think that the eighty six campaign. Uh, marked the end of any other team in Scotland matching and beating Old Firm to uh, the, the um, to a league win. Now... It was 85, sorry. Uh, this was, um, yeah, 85. Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen. This, this has to change. This has to change. Uh, if, if, we, if we're going to have any anything it's not just about uh, what we want it's about self-respect 
It's about respect for the game and it's about bringing the game forward, taking it forward into the world. We used to be world beaters. Now, uh, I don't wish to sound like Boris Johnson, dear God. Uh, <laughs> you know, he spends his time saying, you know, we're, we're in the lead. Well, well, we were, we used to be, but we're not now. And what is, what is wrong with Scotland? Why is it not happening? What is happening to Scottish football? Since 83, uh, I think Poseidon was when, I think it was uh, Sunus, wasn't it, who arrived at uh, Rangers around about that time. Sunus came in in 86, and, yeah, and that, that kind of kick-started uh -huh. the whole the whole uh, thing. That started a, a complete uh, change, uh, a sea change in, uh, in, 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 in Scottish football, which was basically trying, basically what it was doing was um, trying to um, imitate uh, the English game, uh, the English system, where um, the vast majority of people who play in England and the vast majority of play now, you know, in Scotland are not Scottish. This is, this is nothing to do with nationalism. This is to do with how do you get your country up and running? It's great. And it would be even better if we were still part of the European Union. It would be, it would be great if we understood why we're doing it. But uh, we have allowed Rangers and Celtic to completely run away with the game of football in Scotland. Is there a solution? I think there has to be something in terms of levies, something we have to, we have to pay certain. And when the success comes to those who succeed, they must give a little and a little bit more than they are giving to the game uh, in, 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 in the countries that they are applying their trade. If they are making, if, if their daily bread is made in England, if their daily bread is made in Scotland, these clubs, the, the, the successful clubs must give more to the others and then they will have what they really, really want as they know in their hearts. They want competition. No, who, who wants to go? I mean, if I was a professional footballer, do I really want to be playing for Rangers or Celtic going off to uh, Ross County, knowing that uh, up in Elgin, I'm going to be, I'm going to be playing a game. Uh, we're supposed to win, and we will win. And uh, do it. Go up there. There's your points. Come home. Uh, uh, eat. Go to bed. Get up. Go and do the same thing next week. This is not. Uh, th this is not endeavour. This is what you're supposed to do. It's, it's like almost like a desk job for a footballer. It Does change need to happen Scottish at the top? Football. Do you think? Do you think the change has to happen? Well, uh, yes, change has to happen at the top. I'm, I, I think it does. I think I think the governing body has to has to be held to account. It has to be. It has to be told that uh, we, uh, the people, don't want it. We want. We want to see. We want to see the game res respect. For the game, not respect for money, not respect for those who have more money than anybody else. You're not going to get a you're not going to get a a seat at my dinner table just because you're richer than somebody else. 
is there an issue with how the system currently works? Because it is a members organization, but we've seen we've seen so many times, especially in the recent in the recent past, that um, the clubs will of it will usually vote in terms of you know purely on finances, even if that does mean that they often side with the status quo or with what kind of Rangers and Celtic want you know we've had we've had opportunities to change the voting structure when Rangers weren't in the top flight and Aberdeen then decided to side with Celtic to to mean that uh, you always have to have um, both Rangers and Celtic on board with major decisions so are we often our own worst enemy in Scotland even those out with Rangers and Celtic? Say we are because there are those who who are afraid to change um, you know, be thankful for what you have because you may not have it much longer. You may have less if if we change the rules. I think the rules have to be changed because despite the fear, we have to hope for the future for Scottish football because if we don't do that, we what at best we will stay where we are, which is unacceptable, and at worst it will become uh, impossible for... Uh, for teams to compete ever, we've seen it with the league. Can we? Can 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 you? Can any of us here, sitting here, um, say that uh, predict that any team out with the old firm are going to win the league in the next ten years? No chance. It's not happening. No. No. What? What? How do you create the excitement and enjoyment for the game? knowing that that is the case and not taking steps to change that. You've got to have an owner who is prepared to lose money. There are very few, and Fergus McCann is probably the only one who's come in and said, this is how much I'm going to spend, this is how long I'm going to spend doing it, and this is when I'm going to leave because this is going to mean I'm going to take away this amount with me. And that's exactly what he did. He came and he pretty much conquered before he left. Now, by all accounts, Hibernian are, are paying a top wage of £9,000 a week for their new signing Chris Muller, who they got from Major League Soccer over here um, in, in Orlando. That's not sustainable. On crowds tonight, they're currently playing Cove Rangers. They've reduced their ticket price to a tenner, and they're getting hardly anybody in there. They probably would have got the same if they'd charged 25 quid. So when you're not getting in the money that Rangers and Celtic are getting in, Ken, how do you how, how do you compete with that on a prolonged period? It's 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 so difficult unless you've got someone who's prepared to to throw money away. And that's not the heart's method right now, quite rightly so. Uh, should should the governing body not get involved and say there has to be a levy drawn on wins? Uh, the next time that uh, either Rangers or Celtic, or the next, or rather, the next time the old firm win the league, and 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 the, and the following year when the one of the old firm win the league, there will have to be a uh, smaller, the uh, smaller prize money, uh, for the sake of money delivered to the other competing teams. There's going to have to be, I think, um, there's going to have to be a situation where we change uh, prizes for uh, prizes for those who play best. Well, that's 
great, that's lovely. But what's the point if what what is the point if 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 it's if if if, if the other teams cannot compete because they can't afford it? Mm. They have to allow to afford it, and they have to be given the money to do so. Now, Hearts, I think Hearts, I think we are in a, a very, we are in a unique situation because are, are we not, are we not, uh, four of us uh, sitting here able to say to each other, well, we're talking about our club. Because we all because contribute we to that. Yeah, we're all co-owners. We this club. This mm-hmm. is our club. Uh, so should we not be saying, you know, what we want is our club to be, to receive uh, prize money for competing that is greater than it is at the moment. We would want to see Rangers and Celtic receiving less money for winning the league. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us, Ken. It's been a pleasure. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Will you be tuning in to the Scottish Cup game against Auchinleck Talbot this weekend? Oh, or? You bet. I'll be there. Indeed. I'll be there. I, I never miss a game. I never miss a game. Uh, Even when you're shooting oh, the Hobbit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, the old days when, uh, oh, the old days of uh, of Arts TV, oh, you'd have to, you'd, you'd sit and pray that uh, there would be a, there would be a picture. And then sometimes <laughs> you'd get, you'd just get something, a wee ghost of a picture. <laughs> now I'm glad to say things are looking a wee bit better. Although you did apologise once and once only uh, during the game, the St Johnston game. Uh, apologies to our um, to our international viewers for the uh, the, the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> no, you didn't. But I'm saying it for you. No, verbatim is it you, that's you, you, you apologize you apologize for the slight interruption in your um in in, in the broadcast you, yes. you didn't have another seven the old days i was gonna say uh, 17 we missed 17 minutes of the ross county game but never mind i'm uh, sorry I, uh, we're we're uh, in different yeah, parts of the world know, you say in in the old days what happened well in the old yeah. days you'd be like if you got 17 minutes altogether <laughs> <laughs> That, that would have been you, you and Gary Mackay, though, so maybe, maybe not a bad thing, Mark. Oh, by the way, I mean, Gary Mackay technology, it was, Gary just showed up after he'd done his hospitality stuff, 10 minutes before kickoff, put the headphones on, and, and we chatted for 90 minutes and did the commentary. It's a little bit more professional now with everything that's, that's available. But you know what? You're in Newcastle. Ian... Uh, sorry, Ken is uh, is in Italy. I'm in Connecticut, and, and Laurie's in Musselburgh, and we've managed to put together a podcast for for heart supporters. I think I think we're doing all right. I think we're doing all right as far as technology is concerned. Oh, are we not? Yeah, I, I, we're, we're we're holding on. We're holding on nicely. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much for your company and, and listen, tonight, I, Ken. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed yours too. Thank you very much to Ian as well, of course. Well, I really enjoyed it again, lads. Um, on a, a one final note, which is a little bit more sombre, a, a few of you um, who are tuning in may have seen the very tragic news, and I just wanted to give our kind of thoughts and our um, yep, well with with the family of Devin Gordon, the thirteen-year-old Hearts fan who very sadly took his own life. 
um, uh, yesterday at the time of recording. Just really, really tragic news. Someone who was at the St. Johnson game on Tuesday and then not with us, I think, 24 hours after. And I think it's one of those where it's just, you know, if anyone's ever feeling that way, then please reach out to someone um, you know, family, friends, a professional, but also, you know, we've said it before in this podcast and loads of Hearts fans and other Hearts accounts have always said, you know, DMs are open, drop drop us a message, drop someone a message, whatever it might be, because um, that's not the sort of news mm. you want to you want to see. And, you know, Heart yeah. absolutely goes out to the friends and family of young Devon. And I know they want to do some kind of tribute um, for the Celtic game, and I hope something really poignant gets organised because, yeah, just just really sad. Well, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I've got it written down here. Uh, the friends and family of, of Devon would like a, a round of applause in the 13th minute of the Celtic game. So I know that lots of people uh, not on social media or probably listen to this platform. And so if they can applaud on the 13th minute on the Celtic game on Wednesday in memory of Devon. Yeah, yeah, uh, well said. And um, uh, also, you must know that uh, the uh, the Samaritans are uh, the group to look up if um, mm-hmm. if you are feeling, if you feel that nobody is around to support you. Yeah. Samaritans are there for you. Um, Definitely. They are a brilliant and fantastic organization, and they will not, uh, they will treat you with respect. And um, they are the people to talk to when you are feeling when you're at your uh, lowest ebb, definitely. Um, so, so thoughts to, to the family of, of Devin Gordon, and hopefully, fans will come together to pay tribute to him next week. Um, we will be back to, to talk all things hearts. But until then, thank you for tuning in.